had the bad problems. Need a good girl with a bad mouth. I know how to solve it. Nothing like these cats, they get a peg. Thinking they solving problems by signing checks and taking this for getting that. I will own the bank inside myself. The only checks I sign are the ones that pay the help. Just wrote this so 10 years later, you'll know it's real. And I can truly say I've never had to sign a deal. Yeah. You haven't seen me in a while now. You haven't seen me in a while now. And I'm a phone ringing. I'm like, why you wanna call now? I'm like, why would I calm down when the ears ringing? Never seen a thing like me before. I'm a gentle when I open doors, but I'm a villain singing. Now your girl wanna come with me. Your favorite artist, yeah, they wanna feed. Breaking silence, cause I'm free. Oh! What is good, you guys? Happy week, happy Sunday morning. Welcome back to Awkward Kids, the podcast, where we talk about mental health, a little K-pop, and a whole lot of hip-hop. If you guys don't know, my name is Operator16. I'm an artist, I'm a blogger, and this is what I do. I sit down and talk to you guys about everything going on in the world of hip-hop. I know, such an original show idea, but it's mine, and I like it, so here we go. How you guys doing? My week was it was it was good actually. Um, you know, dealing with so much personal trauma and having to adjust my life to fit my new responsibilities and my creative responsibilities has been a balance, but I love it. I love what I do and I enjoy like figuring everything out. Very very excited for things coming this week if everything works out. Um should hear me on on a song that I did with another artist. I'm doing some background vocals for that. Um, it should be out on, I believe, on Halloween. So look out for that. Um, still working on new music. There's a song I really, really extremely love. Hoping to finish this week and get out um, soon. Just because I would like to put that song out before the year ends. Um, as far as that, guys, a lot of projects in the works. Don't want to say anything, but... A lot of things I could say 2020 is going to be a big year. Uh, shout out to everyone who who consistently streams my music. Um, it's been a great year. I think we're up to 215,000 streams. Very, very happy for that. Thank you all for those who help. Outside of that, guys, I ain't got much to say. Right into the topics this week. A lot that happened this week in hip hop. And I mean, a lot. And I want to make sure we get into all of it. So less about me. Let's dive right to the topics. Suge Knight has signed over his life to Ray J. And when I read this, I had no idea in the world what in the fuck it meant. Because the headline itself was just crazy to see Suge Knight from, from jail sign over essentially the um i want to say the the rights to kind of negotiate what happens with his business dealings to ray j because it's not a person that i believe most of us would come up with as the first person that we would like to handle things but if you look at ray j as a businessman he is very successful at, at what he does his earbuds um his other he has raycon media so he's He's, he's very, very good at what he's been able to do post-music and keep himself going. I'm just saying that that's not a person that I normally would, would be like, hey, my life's in a fucking hole. 
I want to kind of make some money from from jail. Who do I want to help me? Ah, yes, Ray J. Like you know, that's 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 that that wouldn't be my normal first reaction of how to do things. But if it helps Suge Knight, I believe that it could really really um, piece together some portions of hip hop that have not been told because I believe there's so many stories about Tupac in that '90s era of hip hop that so many of these baby hip hop fans don't know about. Um, as, necessarily old but i'm not young in hip-hop either I, i've been around hip-hop since i was probably nine or ten and so um i, I talked to some of these, these young cats about hip-hop and 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 about the 90s and they really don't know much about it for them tupac and biggie are really just kind of you know figureheads a lot of those people while they might listen to the music they don't more so know how um, how that era was even i don't necessarily know because i was born in 92 so i was really really young for most of that but even I have some kind of an idea thanks to, you know, stories and kind of being at the tail end of a lot of that Biggie and Tupac era. So I believe that with stories like like Suge Knight's and, and Ray J being at the head of that, we could bring back a lot of those stories that I believe are lost. And in today's market, hell, you might as well just get a fucking documentary because all you niggas want to make six, nine documentaries all the fucking time, which I don't get because for a nigga that nobody seems to like and for a nigga that everyone keeps telling me is a snitch, all you motherfuckers want to keep making documentaries about him and making money off his name. So why not keep making money off Suge Knight's name and everything else that's attached to him? At least you know that that story is real, that story is tangible, and that story will always have audiences who want to listen to it. Makes sense to me. I just hope we don't get BS. Like I don't want to have to get something and then we you know have to sit back and be like mm, i didn't really like that you know it didn't really tell the story like so we show and pray that suge knight and ray j come up with something good you know outside of stories about suge knight whooping everybody's ass which we all know about speaking of whooping everyone's ass I'm scrolling through Instagram last night. I tend not to get on uh, social media too much anymore. I try to limit it only because my TikTok page is blowing up. I have like 13,000 followers. And last year, I spent so much time on the internet. I would spend like 15 hours a day on the internet. I just try to control it now. I don't like sitting there doing all that. One of the reasons why I moved to, to this kind of blogging and, and this kind of system is because I could sit down once a week and talk about all the topics I want to talk about rather than getting obsessed and lost and kind of the bs topics that don't really mean anything this topic doesn't mean a damn thing there's no deepness to it i just really think it's funny and so we're going to talk about it russ russ grew up here in cobb county georgia where i did um actually like right down the street um so i know exactly where he grew up at now granted russ was born in new jersey and moved here to the atlanta area later but still I knew of Russ because people that I went to high school with went to high school with him. And so I kind of learned about him right before he blew up to what he is now. And last year, I started to really learn about Russ and and how he moves in this industry because a lot of people say Russ's name and kind of like say shots at Russ and Russ that never seems to publicly res- respond. But you always hear rumblings of Russ handling it. You always hear rumblings of Russ behind the scenes, like, really, like, pressing some of these 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 cats. And I don't even know what music festival this is at, something I believe in San Antonio. It doesn't matter because this, this has happened multiple times. Apparently, this time is with a rapper named Guap Dad 400. 
Now, I have never listened to a song of his. I, I do know of him because he's very up and coming. I think he, he just put out his debut album, like a, like his, like a, a project. So make sure y'all go check out that new Guap Dad 400. Um, and apparently on this project, he, he mentions Russ. And this is, like I said, there's nothing new when it comes to Russ. So I didn't even hear anything about it. I don't think anyone heard anything about it. It didn't make waves. No one was talking about it. But apparently Russ felt some kind of way about, you know, this man mentioning him on a song, which I can understand because people do this all the time to Russ. So at this music festival, apparently Russ, quote unquote, like pressed this man. And I use pressed in big quotations because the growing narrative with with Russ is that Russ likes to talk as if he beats people up. But he's kind of that that one nigga that just punches first and, and then backs up and lets his whole crew and team try to fight you. And this is something that I've seen with the smoke purpose situation. And now with this new rapper, they both kind of said the same thing that Russ will kind of press you and act like everything is cool. And then he sneaks you and then like backs up and lets his whole crew try to fight you. And then never gives you like the one-on-one fade. And with the smoke purpose situation and says like bosses don't get their hands dirty or whatever, but it just seems like kind of a bitch made move. It, if you ask me, if you're that pressed about these rappers like fighting you or like talking about you and, and you're that big and bad as you claim to be and you roll with all these Nigerians and gangsters, I don't understand what's the purpose of, of sneaking niggas where you could just like roll up and be like, yo, I want the fade one-on-one, like let's get it. Because especially with someone like Guap Dad, if you don't know, he he's straight from Oakland, California. So, you know, he's not going to have no issues like with the shits or nothing like that. I don't understand the need to kind of want to do a sneak this. Or like sneak, like like sneak, try to hit someone, and then you know we get on the internet naturally because it's the era of 2020, and you know Guwab Dad has to tell his story, his side of the story. Russ is in DJ Academics comments, um, talking shit because you know DJ Academics is where everyone gets their fucking news from, which is ridiculous. I have no issues with with, with that cat, but it just seems like more and more these days he's in this shit for the looks and for the love of it not uh, sorry the look and the love of being famous not for the actual like love of being in hip-hop so don't get me started the academics but recently i have seen russ a whole lot in his comments and they seem to be a lot more buddy buddy now so it was shocking to me to see russ in the comments talking about what happened according guap's dad guap dad's I hate these niggas' names. <laughs> Why can't you rappers have normal names? Shit, I hate saying you motherfuckers' names. According to Russ, this is this other niggas' fault because Russ came up and he should have known because you were talking shit about him that like he was going to do something. I just want to know when's the day one of you rappers are actually going to see Russ coming and hit this nigga in the face and get it on camera. Because as much as everyone says Russ is a bitch and he don't do this, no one has hit this nigga on like, like, that's what you say about this man. He never gets hit on camera. I just want fight. Maybe that's the ignorance in me. I'm not promoting fighting. I'm not telling y'all people to go out there and do some dumb shit. I'm just saying I would love to see people like Russ who like to talk a whole lot fight. Because I don't really like to to fight. I'm not really that, that kind of person. But, you know, shit comes... And it happens in this hip hop game because niggas love to just run their mouth at you. Like I had a situation um not too recently, but a little while ago, where like some rapper who I have played on this podcast before and tried to like, you know, be be cool with, mention my name and and you know, mentions me and the shit I do and tries to call me fake and all this other shit. And 
this nigga like really like made a whole like whack ass diss song that sounded bad and had no purpose to it. And and like my shit was getting even the song that he made about me got more plays on SoundCloud than some of his shit did. So it's just interesting to see like how rappers move in the industry. And I can understand why Russ would like want to press this this nigga about it. Cause trust I I was the same way. Like I was pissed. Like I wanted to really like see about it. But at some point you kinda let let these niggas ride. Like niggas in this industry are gonna do what they wanna do. They're gonna move how they wanna move. There ain't nothing you could do about it. So either you're just gonna get mad and keep fighting niggas, or you're just gonna let 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 people talk. I had to let people talk. I advise Russ to do the same thing. Um because I'll be honest, I've never seen one major blog talk about this guy. I've never seen his name trend as much as it was trending last night because of you. See what I'm saying? If you don't press that that situation, I don't think the story even makes it to most hip-hop media platforms. So, just saying, things to think about. Shout out to Russ the fucking goon. No, that nigga, boy, he pressed everybody. Like that, that nigga out, out here trying to steal souls. I'm a huge fan of mental health. You guys know that it's a huge part of my life. I'm a suicide survivor. Everything I do, I try to put my mental health first and foremost because I know what it means to me and the people around me for me to have that solid mental foundation 24 7. I get it. And dealing with depression and anxiety the way I have for the last seven, eight years of my life, intensely, I gravitate naturally to those who deal with the same thing publicly because I'm pretty public about it. I understand how hard that can be to be public about it. With that being said, that is one of the reasons why I have always been a big fan of Charlemagne, the God. He's a young black man um, from, you know, the South, like, like myself, who has made a name for himself with his big mouth, something as I am trying to do because I have a big mouth and it seemed that has gotten me somewhat, you know, far, um, with being able to work for small labels and radio stations and the things I've been able to do simply because of my, my voice. With that being said, before we dive into this next topic, I want to tell everyone that I don't necessarily support either side of this. I don't support what's going on or don't not support it. I just am telling this the story because it is one of the biggest stories in hip hop. As we all know, Mr. Uh, Charlemagne the God recently sat down with, with Mr. Gucci man and did an interview about the whole fiasco of being quote unquote banned from, uh, uh, from the breakfast club. It's, it's an hour long interview. So I'm, so, so I'm not going to sit here and break it all down because you don't care. Neither do I. There, there, there's simply a, a part in this interview that I would like to talk about, and there's a part where Gucci Man goes into this emotional rant and calls Angela Yee a punk ass bitch, um, simply because he feels like she lied about wanting to sleep with him and banning him from the Breakfast Club. And Charlemagne just kind of sits there and doesn't say anything about it, and has yet to kind of like distance himself from that part of the interview. And that's where I have an issue with it. It's one thing if you do an interview that she didn't want to do and that DJ Envy because he rides with Angela Yee, obviously because y'all are a team. Y'all been doing this for eight years. It's one thing for, for him to not want to do it and her not want to do it. And for you to say that it's okay and you go do it. I don't know if they cleared you. I don't know if you got their permission in like good graces. So I'm not going to speculate on, on that part. 
my my issue is that he kind of sat there while Gucci Mane's just kind of ripping into Angela Yee and like pretty much is going on this emotional kind of not entirely fact-based rant. You're kind of just sitting there letting this happen. You're definitely just sitting there not saying anything about it and you just kind of let it happen. And then you post this on your own, you know, new personal YouTube page and it gets millions of, of views and now comes the backlash because Angela Yee is liking tweets about you just just being a co-worker and then she unfollows you on on you know on 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 Instagram which is usually a telltale sign of trying to distance yourself from someone somewhat. I don't believe that necessarily means that there's drama. I don't necessarily believe that 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 means that that the Breakfast Club is ending anytime soon because as you guys know that is probably still the top, you know, not even just hip hop market, but black entertainment. That is one of the places that you go when you're making the quote unquote media rounds in this industry, especially when, when you're an artist and you have a project coming out, major labels try to make sure you hit the biggest markets. So people know you have a project coming out and, and the breakfast club is still one of the markets that every artist wants to hit. So I, so I don't see the show ending anytime soon or anyone going anywhere because all three of those people DJ Envy, Charlemagne the God, and Angela Yee are all very important parts to what they do up there. I'm just saying that it's very interesting to see now the the dynamic of, you know, maybe Charlemagne and, and, and Angela Yee aren't the, you know, aren't as cool as we, we thought they were. And, and maybe that's the reason why he did feel comfortable doing this interview. And I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to pick sides because I don't really know how I feel about it. I just would not have done the interview one if my two co-workers are not okay with me doing it. I think it creates an a unhealthy work environment to create that tension of knowing that you have one co-worker who's willing to kind of do and, and do what he wants because of sake of a good interview or sake for of ratings. And I feel like that about Charlemagne for a little bit now. I used to listen to his podcast every single week. I don't anymore um, simply because I felt like he was starting to say and do things simply for the shock value for the ratings of it. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I still love Charlamagne the God. I'm not saying that he's a bad person, but this interview and how it moved kind of confirms what I was already feeling, that this is someone who has, over time, while I still love what he does for mental health and still does, you know, for, for the black community, I have pulled back my Charlamagne the God consumption because I'm just worried that sometimes he does things for the shock and the awe of it and for the look of it rather than doing it for the people around him who have been there around him for a while. And that's just my opinion of it. I don't condone calling women out their name like that publicly. I don't condone artists lying on women for the sake of a good interview. The topic that Gucci man is mad about or that got him banned is literally years old. And if you look up the video of, of what their, uh, what this dispute is over. Yes. And Angela, Angela Yee might have seemed it suggestive towards Gucci Man, but I don't think she was like, oh, come give it to me. Like, I, I never got that feeling in this. I never got that one. Like, it, it didn't come off to me that that's how she was thinking of it. And that's just because maybe I'm in this industry a little more. So I don't think like that about women, um, simply because I do know, you know, it's 2019 and a woman can talk about sex and, and, you know, su suggest sexually ex explicit things without them meaning necessarily to be for you. And I get that. So hopefully the Breakfast Club gets all this worked out because I do love watching the Breakfast Club and listening 
but I also understand like personal pride and dignity comes first. Um, DJ Envy had a great response to it all. Charlemagne has yet to, to kind of re-respond to it. So it'll be interesting to see how, how the Breakfast Club moves, especially going into next week. And that's all I got for that. Yep. Business. Business. The business of hip-hop and music is grimy. As someone who recently signed to a label and is learning more and more about how you have to move in the industry and have already been fucked over by people in this industry, I promise you this industry is dirty. It is grimy. There are moments like this week where, where we have two very, very specific lawsuits. One of them is a lawsuit totally brought on by the 21st century. So that's why we're going to talk about it, because I want you guys to understand how how crazy this is. We're going to start off with Lizzo. As everyone knows, Lizzo has probably one of the hottest songs in the country this year. Not probably, definitely one of the hottest songs, if not the hottest song in the world right now for anyone not named Kanye West. We all know Truth Hurts. We all know that one little part, you know... Um, that 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 intro i just took a dna test turns out i'm 100 percent that bitch like a dope line a dope part to that song but now in 21st century everything is copyrighted everything is sealed you can't just take anything from the internet without someone coming back and saying you took that from me and lizzo learned that the hard way she's basically being sued by the writer of a meme or a tweet that I think inspired a meme that said, I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm 100% that bitch. And then that tweet and or meme is what inspired Lizzo to actually write that hook in that song. Well, turns out the creator of that tweet slash meme is an artist themselves, and they have now came back or coming back for what's theirs. And Lizzo went on this whole, you know, emotional posting on Instagram, which is what artists do from their Instagram pages. They, you know, they type up stuff in the story, then post it, you know, which is fine. But pretty much trying to say how, like, no one helped her create this song, but herself and the person that was in the room went, 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 when she wrote it. And, and I get why you have to say all that, but that's technically a lie. No one's saying you stole a song from anyone, Lizzo. Everyone, what, what the lawsuit is, is that you did not come up with those words yourself and have admitted that it came from somewhere. So uh, while it sucks and while you're going to have to give up a nice little chunk of change, that is this industry. That is how it rules. That is how it moves. You, you, you have to understand that. And for any young creator out there, you have to understand that too, which is why I myself try to stick away or try to stay away from using samples in my music and I, and I try to stay away from using popular lines because I don't want no one coming back 15 years from now saying, oh, you took five seconds of a melody from me and, and now you owe me $20 million. Like that, I don't want that to actually happen. So while it sucks, this is what memes have done in meme culture now that even artists who, who maybe could have only saw the meme for two seconds and loosely referenced it now have to pay you because memes are a business now and, and, and you can copyright them. I did not know this until I actually um help admin a meme page on Facebook. And so I learned this the hard way because one of our memes actually went viral and the person in our group who created this meme was not getting credited for it. I did not know that you, that there's a whole 
official system to crediting memes, in, I mean, the creators. So we had to go through a whole system of getting this meme copyrighted because it was popping up on blogs and on servers and, and like they were crediting the wrong person. So we had to submit it and get it officially proven that this person started this meme. So I do know like memes are an official business. Memes are an official way of getting your ass sued if you steal something that is not yours because I've dealt with it with my own content. So sucks for Lizzo, but I don't think Lizzo will have to give up as much as as opposed to if she took the melody from someone, then your ass is really giving up a lot of money. Like if you're Juice World, moving on to our next part of this awesome new business segment that I kind of want to add weekly, by the way, I kind of want to add this little weekly segment for you guys to teach you all about the ins and outs of this crazy industry. Juice World's being sued again for a song he doesn't even own most of at this point, which is crazy, which is why me and people like Niall Flame, who you heard at the beginning of this song, damn it, excuse me, at the beginning of this podcast, Niall Flame, he taught me this, being independent. I want you guys to always, always, always remember that, to keep your independence, try to own everything you create out there, because if not, this industry will fuck you over the long and strong way. We all love lucid dreams. I still see your shadows in my room. Um, but, you know, Sting already owns most of that song. So Juice World, I don't even know how much money he currently makes off that song. Juice World owns, sorry, Juice World, just Sting owns most of that song. And now a band called Yellow Card, which, which if you didn't grow up in the mid-2000s emo scene like myself, you probably don't even know who that is. But they have come back and said that Juice World stole the melody from their song Hollywood Died. And this is my confusion with the lawsuit. I hear it, and they have one strong point because their credit to this lawsuit is that Juice World has famously admitted that a lot of the inspiration from, for that song came from one of his favorite pr- producers who used to produce for, I believe, Fall Out Boy or Green Day. And that producer produced the Hollywood Undied, or excuse me, Hollywood Died song, which is the one that this band is currently saying he took the the melody for Lucid Dreams from. So I do understand that if you're saying that, well, this producer is the same producer that he famously has admitted to, you know, loving and and wanting to work with and and pulling from. I get it. I just don't understand how you're going to sue me for something that I already don't own most of. And suing for creative or suing for copyright and not copyright, but for royalties and co-ownership and doing the most to keep to, to, to one, get all the money you feel like you are owed, which are suing for 15 million. And then to say, I want money on top of that. It seems like a very big stretch for this lawsuit. I, while I do think they will receive some compensation. I don't think any judge is going to be like, hey. You can have all this money plus the royalties because these melodies loosely fit each other. Podcasting life, it happens. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. I don't think that anyone's going to be like, hey, you have to pay these, these guys 15 million bucks, even though you already paid Sting because you loosely used the same melody. Oh, and don't get me wrong. It is definitely the same melodic structure. It's the same melody along the same lines. I'm just saying that how am I going to take a song from Sting and Yellow Car? Someone prove it. Because 
outside of the same reasonable thing and reasonable speaking of knowing the producer what was the 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 same it seems like a stretch to me and it seems like an attempt for a band who is no longer together and is probably not making a, a lot of money off that that music to kind of get one last payday but at the same time that's how this industry rolls and if you eat i mean if you unknowingly did it you you gotta pay so we'll wish the the best for mr juice world i'd probably if i had to guess he probably hates that song by now and just kind of wants it to kind of go away which i can't blame him because it seems like everyone wants a piece of that song and i do mean Everybody wants a piece of that song. Jesus Christ. Get your business, kids. Get this. You know, this podcast would go smoother if Chase learned how to talk. Get your business straight, kids. And, you know, I leave these mess ups in, in here because you guys should know, like, podcasting is natural. It is a conversation. I podcast how I talk. So when you hear the errors and why doesn't he edit this stuff out? Because I want you guys to understand that is how I naturally talk. And if you're going to listen to me long term, you're going to hear it, whether it's here or or somewhere else. So I leave in, you know, any mess up that isn't horrible or me, you know, clearly veering way off topic for 30 minutes. Just so you know. 